It was the first century Greek philosopher, Epictetus, that declared that well-known phrase. We have two ears and one mouth so we can listen twice as much as we speak. Well, maybe that works for you. I get to do lots of speaking. Sometimes we hear what we want to hear. Quite often it depends on our background, what angle we see things from, and also who is telling us the story that we are hearing. This weekend in America, Hillary Clinton's campaign have been pointing the finger of their election loss at the head of the FBI. If only they had not said they were investigating her, and then cleared her, then perhaps more voters in the swing states would have made her their choice. Part of the problem, they felt, was that she got cleared by the FBI. Because that played to the narrative given by others that she was cleared due to corruption and obviously not worth electing. To those of us that live a distance away, we might have thought a different story. It all depends on what is said, how it is said, who says it, and how it is understood. Too often, People speak before listening. What about being a disciple, not of a politician, but a disciple of Jesus in the first century? How well did they listen? On a number of occasions, they hear their teacher saying, he will suffer and die. And on those occasions... They try to butt in and get him to change his mind or say something less dramatic. They have not been listening and discerning the right path ahead. They are not comprehending quite how the Christ will be victorious, even though he has told them many times in many parables. A case in point is probably the episode we have this morning. The night of Jesus' arrest at the Mount of Olives. This is one of those passages that appears in all four Gospels. Though in different Gospels we pick up different little tidbits that fill out the story. In John's Gospel, we discover that the person who drew the sword and cut the ear was Peter. 
Though, of course, we could maybe have guessed that anyway. He does seem to be the one who jumps ahead and always lets his mouth open before the brain is engaged. Though it would seem, by the language, that he is not the only one who is there armed. They said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? That's plural. Many of the disciples are armed. And that would be normal going out in the evening to protect oneself against robbers, against those forces of darkness that they might encounter in the night. But this was not the time to use them. This was not the time for a weapon. It was God's purpose that Jesus be arrested. God's purpose that he would be tried and taken to Calvary. However, it's not that Peter got the wrong end of the stick again. Or that Judas comes to kiss and betray his Lord again as a result of not listening and not thinking before speaking that I want us to think of this morning. It is instead the miracle that happens here in the middle of the Garden of Gethsemane on the side of the Mount of Olives. The servant of the high priest has his right ear cut off and Jesus heals it. Is the Lord simply fixing his friend's mistake or is there something more? I believe it is the latter. In the healing of the ear, we have a different miracle from those that we are used to. This time, it is not a case of someone who is sick, faithfully coming and seeking healing. Nor is it the case of a petition by a friend or family member who trusts in Jesus and longs for their friend to be healed. Those are the examples that we are used to hearing. But this healing is brought directly by the Lord. The Lord sees the need and meets it. And the ear is healed, restored, made whole. 
there is more to this than first meets the eye or the ear. Those who have come to arrest Jesus have not listened to who Jesus is. They have heard testimony, but felt the way forward is to arrest and put on trial, to convict and to execute. They have not listened with their heart to the man who is Jesus or the message of love that he has brought. Now, before them, is the instruction to his friends to lay down their arms, not to fight. Now before them is a miracle which demonstrates his great power to heal. Who could bring such a thing? Who would be willing to say, don't put up a fight? What example is this to them? The victim of the blow. The recipient of the healing is the servant of the high priest. And it is understood to be some close relation to Caiaphas, the chief priest. It's not a lowly servant of the high priest. It is someone in direct relationship with him. Someone in direct relationship with the man who in John chapter 11 we find said to the Sanhedrin, you know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. He thought he could Ignore God's laws because that way it would help the rest of the people of Israel. He thought he could bring somebody to trial even though he'd done nothing really wrong because that would suit his purpose. It's rather like in the film A Few Good Men where in the, uh, in the box, in the court-martial, the uh, American army officer says, you can't handle the truth. People do difficult things to keep you safe in your beds. And the challenge comes back. But what is the point of doing those things if you are going against what we truly believe? If only the priest Caiaphas had understood the enormity of his words, better for one man to die for the people than the whole nation 
perish. He sees it as getting rid of the leader of a rebellion. It was better for us that that one man died, that Jesus died, such that we do not need to perish, but can be offered eternal life. Caiaphas didn't understand what he himself was saying. Through the death of Jesus, the believer will be saved. And so this injured servant is a man who had the ear of the key policy makers. And he is healed in an unmistakable way. The ear that is sliced is returned to fullness. Those making the arrest could not have been mistaken about this. There would have been blood and gore and trouble. How do they react though? Seeing a healing, seeing the power of Jesus in this garden at night. Do they drop to their knees and praise the Lord for his power? No. Do they turn around and go home confronted by who they were trying to arrest? No. They continue in their evil act. They have come in the darkness of night to perform the darkest of acts. And even the light of Christ does not divert them. This miracle reveals who Jesus is, that he has the power to heal and change and bring wholeness. But the crowd who have come to arrest him have decided what they will do, and they carry on. Now, Jesus could use his great power to resist their action. He could have used his power to resist what happens in the coming day. But he had already prayed in the garden on the Mount of Olives. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. He was ready to lay aside his power to allow what must be done. the king of kings will become the suffering servant. He will allow the arrest and all that follows 
because only by these things proceeding can we be saved. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. The crowd have ears, but they do not listen. They speak with their actions and arrest the Lord. How do we listen? How do we speak? We live in a world where there is doubt and skepticism about the value of faith and religion. We live in a world where the finger is pointed at us. And it is said that us, the people who follow the Prince of Peace, have caused bloody wars. Do we demonstrate in our words and actions the example of Jesus and his love for neighbor who is different. Jesus shows here that he loves all. Even the servant of the high priest who has come to arrest him. All are loved. On Remembrance Sunday, we have paused and thought of those who have suffered and died, and also of those who have lived and suffered. Why did we go to war? Simply for the flag and the crown? Or to show the greater values of love, justice, and righteousness? which transcends national boundaries and which we as a nation proclaim to be our values. Today and each day, we must listen with both ears to the cries of the world and to the voice of God. And then consider what we might say with word and action. What do we hear of the persecuted Christian? Of the mother and child in Aleppo? Or the poorly paid and malnourished tea leaf picker in India? What do we say to the refugee to the homeless, to the disenfranchised in our society? Are we willing to reach out and offer healing to all? Do we live like Jesus and reach out to touch those that may even have come to cause us harm? those that speak against us, those that would see us thrown in prison. May we be people of Jesus 
who seek to follow in his way of love, who use our lives wisely, listening and responding in the way that he would desire.